Hi, this is Becky Pitts, host of the Becky Pitts Morning Show. This is Don Shields, host of the Don Shields Show. This is Joe Brantley, host of the Joe Brantley Show. This is Rob Pacey, voice of PBL Athletics. This is Dan Gee. And you're listening to the Jay and Kale Show. Welcome back to the Jay and Kale Show, presented by 104.9 WPXM, Paxton, Rantoul. Jay, it's been a couple days. We're back to somewhat of a regular schedule. Didn't go yesterday because I had some stuff to get done, but we're back to a regular schedule. That feels pretty good, but Jay, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Big win from the Illini. Past game they had, always good to take down the Hawkeyes. A pretty big rivalry come about of those two, and then obviously, like we talk about baseball season, getting closer and closer to opening day so it's always a fun time of the year it seems like we always uh, find a way to find the best of it sports wise so yeah absolutely and um let's talk a little bit about that game uh sunday night the illini i happened to be there uh at the state farm center and i'm gonna go ahead and immediately jump ahead to when we were down 10 with about i don't know eight minutes in the first half and I thought the game might have been over at that point because Luca Garza was having his way down low, and he had a heck of a game. But the, for whatever reason, Wieskamp and Frederick could not shoot, which saved the Illini in that game. Yeah, and uh, it seems like based on some of the social media rants from the uh, Iowa guards, they uh, didn't like the way they were guarded. So, you know, yeah. off guard defense. Um I thought it was uh, kind of low of them to talk about how. I guess it would have been. Uh, who was it? Was it Weed Camp or CJ Frederick? Yeah, it was Frederick. That's right. He's Just the biggest. About how he got fouled on every possession, and well, obviously you haven't uh, played anybody that's defended you very hard in your entire career. Because I thought we played great defense. I mean, Demonte Williams was the one that shut him down. Yeah, I mean, he just, yeah, it's like he acts like nobody's going to guard him, like they're just going to lay down because they have the best, two of the best scores in the Big Ten per game points-wise. And, you know, I'm, I was glad that I made the comment that he did in the press conference, post-game press conference, you know, we don't like them. They don't like us, and we don't like them. It's as simple as that. doesn't get any much more or much more honest than that. I mean, if you go back to the, the, the C.J. Frederick thing, what I don't understand is if you look, there's a couple pictures floating around of uh, C.J. Frederick and them on the I.O. drive where McCaffrey and both Frederick had I.O. by the hands and would let him go on the hook and hold. Yeah, I know. and Yeah, it's just – yeah, for all the I.O. fans that tune in, sorry, not sorry, uh, the way basketball is taught and played there is – you know, no short of, it's not any short of competitive, but 
I just don't like Fran McCaffrey's mindset, and it seems like his bitterness and the way he's cynical towards officials and opposing teams and opposing coaches, and I just don't have a lot of respect for that, man. And it trickles down, and his players are the same way, you know? Yeah. yeah it's just it's just they, a very they... aggravating subject. They breed one bread of, or brand of basketball from the Hawkeyes, and it's it's dirty play. It's let's complain until everything goes our way. Because Fran was out there running his mouth, complaining on every call that Luca Garza was getting fouled, this, that, and the other. And look what happened. About four seconds after that, Garza was getting bailout calls. Now, not to take away from Garza, because he still had 30 points and 12 rebounds in that game. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, you can say what you want about Garza, but that kid is an All-American and, in my eyes, probably the best big man in the country, uh, if not the best overall player in the country. I mean, he can score down low. He can post you up. He can step outside and shoot. He can dribble. I mean, he's pretty much – he can rebound, like you said. I would say of everyone that I've watched this year, he's probably the most complete player um, you know, that's in the running, I think, for the player of the year, not only in the Big Ten, but, you know, in the entire country. So, yeah, and let's um, let's segue into that. Uh, BTN.com, the players of the year. Um, let's get into it. Uh, first team, all Big Ten, Luca Garza, Anthony Cowan Jr., Jalen Smith, Cassius Winston, Lamar Stevens. Now, I want to point out that Wisconsin was is technically first in the Big Ten right now in their record. They're on top, even though they're tied with Michigan State and Maryland. Wisconsin does not have a single player on that first team. They don't have a player until the third team. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even see that. That tells you right there. How are they, how are they in first place? They have the head-to-heads with both those teams? They must, even though their records are tied. Because, I mean, I thought Michigan State beat Wisconsin once, and then, I mean, does it mean more that Michigan State w- lost at Wisconsin? I mean, I'm, I'm just confused at how maybe they do. Maybe they have the tiebreaker on both those teams. I was just surprised when I saw that they were the one seed in the tournament. So well, Before we sure keep going, happened. I'll look it up. I wasn't sure how all that. Uh, for those of you, I didn't say it in the intro. For those of you that are, we're about four minutes in. This is going to be a longer episode, uh, so be prepared for that. Let's see, Wisconsin. Let's go to Big Ten. They beat Maryland by a bucket. Let's look at Maryland. They only played Maryland once, so they hold the tiebreaker or they hold the breaker on that. And Michigan State, they tied. Lost. They only played Maryland once? They only played Maryland one time. I don't know how. That's kind of confusing to me. I thought you played everybody twice. That's how you got Well, we only played Indiana once, and we only played Northwestern Nebraska once. I got you. So there's a few teams you only get to play. 
because there's what 15 teams in the Big Ten now and 20 games in the Big right, Ten. Exactly. So you got to pick and choose who you play twice and who you don't. I wonder if it changes every year. Yeah, I think it does now. Um, football, obviously, you're not going to play everybody because there's not going to be 15 weeks of Big Ten play. Right. So that's why they got the East and the West. But in basketball, it'll it'll vary. So like this year, we had a one on one with Iowa. Next year, that one on one could be with Wisconsin. Gotcha. Because we only played Wisconsin once. We only played them up there at the Kohl Center. They didn't come here, I don't right. think. I don't remember going to a game against Wisconsin here anyway. Uh, let's see. Moving on, we'll get into the Big Ten tournament as well a little bit. Second team, here's where it gets iffy. Io DeSumo, Xavier Simpson, Michigan. Xavier Tillman, Michigan State. Daniel Oturu, Minnesota. Caleb Wesson, Ohio State. I think you replace... Anthony Cowan from Maryland with Io. I also think you put Daniel Aturu over Lamar Stevens on first team as well. So Iowa's a second team. Yes, Iowa's a second teamer. Gotcha. Don't know how. I literally have no idea how they put Anthony Cowan Jr. over Io. But okay, I mean that that's the I believe this one's this is the coaches. I mean, it's probably gotta be a stats thing too, I'm assuming. Um, Io DeSumo is by far better than Anthony Cowan Jr. No homerism. Yeah. That's just my take. And Cowan being a senior guard, I'm sure that probably had some sway in it. Yeah. That's okay. I mean, that's I, all I can think of anyway. Io's going to the NBA. Anthony Cowan's more than likely not. Um, third team, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana go that's he'll be first team next year if not big 10 player of the year uh joe wieskamp iowa geo baker rutgers don't agree with that nate reavers wisconsin and Demetri trice wisconsin i think kofi should be 13 or a third team right. from coaches honorable mention from coaches kofi coburn marcus carr trevion williams purdue ron harper jr rutgers and then you get into all freshman team this is coaches still. Kofi Coburn, Trace Jackson Davis, Indiana, C.J. Frederick, Franz Wagner, who I think is the most complete uh, player to go in the NBA right now as a freshman. Then Rocket Watts, which is an awesome name, Michigan State. Wagner's from where? Michigan. Michigan? So you got a guy, I Illinois. Wagner was at Michigan last year. No, his, his, they had another guy named Mortz or Mo Wagner. That was who was at Michigan last year. Gotcha. I wondered he's, about that. I thought he was. He's with the Kings now. He got drafted by the Lakers, but in that deal when they sent, uh, well, LeBron traded half of the team. Right. They sent Mo Wagner to the Kings. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. Defensive team. Jalen Smith, Maryland. Xavier Tillman, Michigan State. Uh, definitely agree with that. Daniel Aturu, Minnesota, Jamari Wheeler, Penn State, Nogel, Eastern, Purdue. I think you could put DeMonte on that team. He guarded yeah. literally every position, one through five, no matter who they were playing, no matter who it was, all year. Yeah, that's very true. Now, obviously, he doesn't have the blocks or the steals or anything, but I think the best defensive player in the Big Ten is DeMonte Williams. Um, player of the year. Go figure, Luca Garza. Don't disagree. Whatever that's at all. Defensive Player of the Year, Xavier Tillman. 
Freshman of the year, Kofi Coburn. Sixth man of the year, Aaron Wiggins. I believe that should go to Alan Griffin or uh, the kid from uh, Minnesota. I can't remember his name. There's a, He's a guard. And then coach of the year, Greg Gard of Wisconsin, which was a tie between Greg Gard and then uh, Brad Underwood as well as Peichel. Peichel's with Rutgers? Yes, Steve Peichel. Yeah, I thought Peichel should have got it. You know, to be completely honest. Pat Chambers was in the running, too, at Penn State, but that drop-off they had there in the last, like, six games really hurt his chances to get it. Right. All right. So, like, Michael was probably – I mean, he's probably had the toughest road, it seems like, with, you know, Rutgers has never really been considered a basketball school, and for him to recruit and develop and, you know, get to where he was this year, I feel like he was probably most deserving. Right. Uh, move on to the media. Here's where it gets better. Because you got to remember the media guys, right? I don't understand what the coaches are seeing, but what the media is seeing, I agree with more than the coaches. That's a first. <laughs> and we're members of the media, technically, if you think about it. So I'm bashing us. But it happens. At least we're honest here. Yeah. Um, first team, Io DeSumo, uh, Luca Garza, Jalen Smith, Cassius Winston, Lamar Stevens. Still think Daniel Oturu should be on there, but Michigan or Minnesota, excuse me, is a not a very good team. That doesn't help his case, right? But the I, first I agree. team that does hurt. That does hurt. But I mean, that dude could score it, man. Yes, and he's another guy that's probably the second most NBA ready. Besides, I don't. I don't. It's just the the the, the inconsistency in the three point shooting is what. Really hurts, but man, me and you were talking about it. I think last week or two weeks ago, it's a mid-range game and the ability to get to the rim, and his passing on Sunday was incredible. He yeah, I would agree. I mean, his his like shot making ability, how he can just create his own shot whenever he wants. I mean, it's it's unmatched of anything that I've seen from you know anybody that I've paid attention to this year. It seems like, I mean. I put him in a very, very elite group when it comes to creating his own shot and having that NBA potential. So. Absolutely. Second team with the media, Anthony Cowan Jr., agree with that. Xavier Simpson, Michigan. Xavier Tillman, Michigan State. Daniel Oturu, Minnesota. Caleb Wesson, Ohio State. I don't see much disparity on that one other than Daniel Oturu. I would agree. Third team, now voted on by the media. Kofi Coburn, Illinois, Trace Jackson, Davis, Indiana, Joe Wieskamp, Iowa, Marcus Carr, Minnesota, Nate Reavers, Wisconsin. Once again, solid. Yeah. Um, going back to second team, I don't know what it is. Obviously, I don't like Ohio State. I'm not a huge fan. I don't extremely dislike them. I'm a Caleb Weston fan. I mean, it seems like every time I've watched him play, he is a – I mean, I, I agree with him being on the second team, but he's not far off, I don't think, from first team pick. No, he's a force. I think he's probably one of the better big men in the Big Ten as well. I mean, he's another guy who can step out and shoot. And even when we watched him play the Illini, I know Kofi's not the most mobile guy, but, I mean, he's taking Kofi off the dribble from the three-point line. I mean, that dude's got some tools. 
think he yep. ended up being a pretty darn good player. Nate Reavers, Wisconsin. I mean, he's the replacement for Ian or excuse me, Ethan Happ. I was watching a little bit of the Cubs. I got Ian Happ on my mind. Ethan <laughs> Happ last year, who was the player of the year right there with Garza. And, I mean, right. he was one of the, he's probably one of the best big men I've ever seen. And I couldn't stand him because he was good and played for Wisconsin. Agreed. Uh, honorable mention media members, Daryl Mor- Morsell, Maryland. His name really, there's a lot of L's in his name. <laughs> and it really confuses me. Uh, Isaiah Livers, Michigan. Cam Mack, Nebraska. Myron Jones, Penn State. Trevian Williams, excuse me, Purdue. Geo Baker, Rutgers. Ron Harper Jr., Rutgers. Demetri Trice, Wisconsin. Uh, Player of the Year, Media, Luca Garza. Freshman of the Year, Kofi Coburn. Coach of the Year, Greg Gard. Greg Gard. I still remember when we talked about Wisconsin ready to throw in the towel earlier this year when they lost Kobe, Kobe King. King just decides to quit and everyone's freaking out and they win the big win to share the Big Ten title. Other than Io getting snubbed from first team by the coaches, I don't have much disagreement uh-huh. um, anywhere. Other than Daniel Oturu and you are in a little bit of a disagreement, it sounds like, with uh, Caleb Wesson. Yeah. In, in all honesty, if you put these two teams, these second and first team on the coach's side, on the floor, and they played a, court, a half, I think first team be, or second team beats the first team. Very possible, for sure. Which is Caleb Wesson and Wesson down low. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Smith's a great great defender and a great rebounder. Luca Garza can score from anywhere. I think the guard play on the second team is better than the first. Yeah. Who is our first team guards again? Cassius. Cowan and uh, Lamar at the four. Lamar Stevens. Gotcha. And then it would be. I think it definitely be a good game for sure. uh, Second team guards. There's only two but it would be Io and Xavier Simpson. Right. And then Io would be feeding Xavier Tillman and Daniel Oturu. Whew. <laughs> I can't believe Tillman's a second teamer either. He was another guy. I guess he wasn't extremely flashy. No, he just gets the job done and yeah, plays very well. Player. Night in, night out. All right, let's run through. That's your Big Ten Awards. Those were released on Monday or Sunday. Monday or Sunday. Uh, Big Ten, I got to look at, pull it up again. Big Ten tournament, here's the bracket. Here's the fun part. We got two things we're selecting today. Number one, we're going through the teams as to who we think we're going to win or go through like we did with the, actually I have that tallied. We'll do that in the National League episode after the Big Ten tournament of our draft we had of our Big Ten teams. But we're going to go through and pick who we think is going to go the farthest in the Big Ten tournament as well as our American League teams. Sounds like a plan. Uh, let's see. Let's go game number one, which will be at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Which March, yeah, that's tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday for, for Jay and I, probably today for everybody else. Um, Northwestern versus Minnesota. Northwestern and Minnesota. 
That's a tough one. See, it already gets tough. <laughs> That's the thing is anybody can win. Northwestern, like we've talked about, stays I'm in games. Northwestern in that one. Ooh. All right. Big oh, win hey. for Northwestern uh, over Penn State this past week, by the way. True. A little bit of momentum for them. They're a team that struggled all year, and I think they're tired of struggling. So I, I'm expecting them to come out with some fire. All right, so you're taking Northwestern. Jay's got the Wildcats. I'm taking the Golden Gophers. Let's see. Game two. Let's go this way. Hang on. I got to make this bracket a little better. I just drew it out. <laughs> real really? official. Yeah, real official. Perfect. Uh, Nebraska and Indiana. Go ahead. I'm taking Indiana. That's who I'm taking, too. I just think that Nebraska will be good in the next two or three years once Fred Hoiberg gets adjusted and gets some of his own guys. I would agree with that. Uh, Indiana, obviously, with some firepower, a young guy. And they're stud. Davis. Yep, I think he's just going to carry him. Um, And not only that, Durham – and they've also got some shooters outside as well. I can't remember the kid's name, but he's another sophomore as well. But I, I think Indiana's got too much depth over Nebraska. Game number three, this is where we talk about getting tough. Game number three, this is the last game that's set in stone besides Purdue and Ohio State. Um, Michigan versus Rutgers. I'm taking the Wolverines. Okay. I'm taking – I know I'm biased, or I'm going with the seeds. I'm going Rutgers. Not a bad pick, Coach of the Year. I'm just going to take Xavier Simpson, the senior. And uh, Michigan's another team that, you know, they're kind of streaky. I feel like if they play well, obviously, with a little something on the line. Just thinking they might pull it out. Uh, Game number three. Or game number four will be the winner of Northwestern Minnesota and Iowa. So Jay, uh, you took Northwestern. Yeah, and I am going to. Unfortunately, I'm gonna pick that there is a rematch between the Pining Line and Iowa. I'm taking Iowa over Northwestern in Game Four. That's what I've got too. I got a rematch. Game five. I'm taking Caleb. I'm sure. I'm sorry. I'm taking the Wesson brothers. There you go. EJ Liddell in Ohio State over the Boilermakers. This is the game where I think Purdue is going to show what they do in March because they do that every year. Uh, Matt Harms, First team all hair. Can't stand the way he plays. Talk about Fran McCaffrey and guys we don't like in the Big Ten. Matt Arms is right there on my list. Um, But Matt Painter has been very successful in the Big Ten the last couple seasons. I think they're going to ride that momentum. They're going to get hot with a win over Ohio State. 
game six. That is the winner of Nebraska-Indiana against Penn State. You took Indiana. I am going to take Penn State in this one. It was tough. You know, I thought about this one a lot. Thinking that Indiana has been a team that's played fairly well all year and Penn State coming off a big loss in Northwestern, I think they're just going to be ready to redeem themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Pat Chambers was also in the discussion for uh, player of the year as well, or player of the year, coach of the year. I'm sure he'd like to play at times. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Indiana. See, man, I was torn. That's a good pick. Just for the sheer fact that I need an upset in there somewhere, if even though it's not bracket time. Have lost to Northwestern, I probably would have taken Indiana. Yeah, I agree. That's that's the that's the Achilles heel to it right there. Um, but I think that Indiana is going to ride some momentum up until Maryland because it doesn't matter who wins that that matchup there, whether it's Nebraska or Indiana, they get Penn State. Either one of them happen to get past Penn State. I think they're going to run into an issue at uh, game 10 against Maryland. Mm-hmm. All right, game number seven. It'll be Michigan-Rutgers versus Wisconsin. I'm taking Michigan. Ooh. I think if they can win over Rutgers, same kind of thing, you know. Michigan is a team that I'm sure they're going to talk about their postseason success that they've had in the past, even though it's not going to be under John Beeline. They're going to talk about that tradition and the program stuff that they've kind of built with going deep the last few years. So I'm taking Michigan over Wisconsin. They've got a lot of guys that went to the last national championship they went to as freshmen. Yep. I'm taking Michigan over Wisconsin as well. I don't think Wisconsin is as complete as Michigan is. If they can figure it out in one, that one game, I think they can beat them. I agree. I think if Teske can keep holds on uh, Wisconsin's one and only big man, that's pretty much the threat to score. Nate Reavers. Nate Reavers, yeah. So if it, I think if Teske can follow him around and kind of keep him in check, I don't think Wisconsin has much else, honestly. Game eight. Here we go. We Jay and I are both go in rematch, the rubber match between Illinois and Iowa. Third I'm time's going, a charm, just like Ohio says. Ain't no love on the floor between Illinois and Iowa. I'm taking the fighting Illini. Before we get too far into this, do you have Illinois in the Big Ten championship game? Do I? Yeah, I don't. I'd I mask, do I okay. Do I just wanted to make sure because if that was the case, I was going to fill it all out from here. As much as uh, I need to say it, I, I just I don't. And either way, the only, the only thing the Big Ten Championship will help, not only to get the hardware, would be to help them potentially get a four seed. Right, exactly. Which, I can't remember the guy's name who talked on the Big Ten Network after we beat Iowa. Andy Katz, probably. It might have been. Whoever it was talked about how he doesn't think Joe Lenardi is giving Illinois enough credit, which is true. We talked about the stretch that Illinois had. We had 10 road games, 10 quad one road games. Yep. And there's no other team in the country that's had a resume like that, and we went 500. Let's say we won five of them. Yeah. 
he literally talked about how he had the strongest strength of schedule when it came to Rhodes conference schedules and Lenardi's got us at a seven seed. I agree with Underwood. He said this in the Brad Underwood show last night at Papa Dell's. I was able to listen to it. And I agree with Underwood. I think that if Illinois gets out of the Big Ten, the tournament, that that's the most thing he's excited for. But he wants to get to the to the to the dance because they don't have to play Big Ten teams anymore. Right, <laughs> exactly. They get to play someone else. Twenty games in the conference is is nutty. Not yeah, only I mean, twenty how, twenty games yeah. in the best conference. Yeah, how can you not? How can you not have absolute bloodbaths night in night out when these guys are the only all, each other? Right. It's who they Basically. see for three months. Yep. It's crazy. All right, game number nine. I took Purdue. You took Ohio State against Michigan State. I'm taking Sparty, baby. I'm an Illini fan at heart, but Izzo, I like Izzo. And obviously, Cassius on senior day dropping 27. This guy, he ain't going away lightly in his senior campaign. I'm taking Cassius and Sparty. I agree with that. I'm taking uh, Michigan State as well. They got the break, just like Wisconsin, Illinois, Maryland, and I, they need it. They get the time off. And I think Tom Izzo is by far the best coach in March, and I am putting him above Calipari and Coach K. Mm-hmm. All right, game number 10. I took Indiana over Penn State. I believe you took Penn State. Yeah, you, did, took, yep. you took Penn State. So it would be Penn State against Maryland for you, Indiana for me. I'm taking Maryland. I just think they got too many weapons. Um, I don't think Penn State has enough both offensively and defensively to match Maryland's potential. I still think one through five, Maryland's one of the most dangerous teams offensively in the Big Ten just because of the consistency and ability to score for all five. They really don't have any – you know, obviously some guys score more than others, but I feel like there's no real weak, weak spots in Maryland's starting five. But not a lot of depth as we talk about. Regardless, I'm taking Maryland. I think that Indiana's going to have the horses in the back to get through Penn State, but they ain't going to have the horses in the back to get through Maryland. I'm taking Maryland as well. That double bye, man. You get to watch those guys play two more games. <laughs> And not only that, if it, who it is, you know, if, if if Penn's or Indiana, not to cut you off, if Indiana gets that far, that'll be their third game in three days. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. All righty, let me get the rest. Let me go turn my page over here before we go on any further. All righty, game eleven will be between the winner of Illinois, Iowa, and for me. Illinois for both of us, and then Michigan for both of us as well. So it'll be Illinois-Michigan for us. Illinois-Michigan for game 11. Yep. And you got me second-guessing myself here. I might have been able to just have you fill out us going to the championship. Initially, I was thinking that the Wolverines might get her done, but I'm taking our fighting line. I once we knock off Iowa again, 
I'm gonna feel like I feel like we're gonna have quite a bit of swag to us eating those guys twice in a week. And then uh, you know, I mean, I'm just gonna be flat out. We pretty much handled Michigan this year. Yeah, we did twice. For some reason, Michigan just doesn't play well against us. And we got a guy who matches up with Teske. Obviously, if Livers is a, a extremely healthy, he could present a problem. But if Monte's following him around like he does everyone else's best player, I'm changing my mind. I'm taking our fighting line. So I am taking them as well, but I've also got them winning the conference champ or conference tournament. Game number 12 for me and you. Let's see. Game 12 will be between I'm going Maryland and Michigan State. Yep, that's what I have too. And once again, we talk about it. Uh, Tom Izzo, pretty good March. I don't think Cassius is uh, going to want to do anything less than hoist a Big Ten t- tournament trophy and, you know, be a pretty much a big time sleeper, probably, if you can be that from a three or four seed. Yeah, exactly. Michigan State. Uh, I'm taking Michigan State. Tom Izzo and the Spartans over Mark. Is it Turgeron? Turgeon. Turgeon, yeah, Mark Turgeon there for Maryland. He kind of made some comments after they won their game on Sunday that really had me wondering about him he's talking about. <laughs> we got everybody's – we got everyone's best game all year because we've been a top of the conference and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude. Everybody gets everybody's best game in the Big Ten. You act like you're the only team that's gotten any type of publicity or target on your back because you're at the top of the league. That kind of confused me. I'm not a big fan of that guy. I'm taking time. <laughs> like, come on. Man. You, you act like the Big Ten teams don't give everybody their best game night in, night out. You know, it's like, oh, well, we're going to Iowa tonight. That's all right. We'll take some some guys. Say you can stay home and study. We're not too worried about this. <laughs> no, get out of here, dude. It's the best conference in the country for a reason. I just want to point out the wild circle that you just went on there to, to, I to come to your analysis. Since I saw that interview from him. I've been hot with Mark Turgeon. I just, I don't care. Turgeon, whatever it is. I can't remember the dude's name. That's how irrelevant he is. <laughs> All right. I'll take Michigan State in that game, too. Good pick. <laughs> I, should said, I should have said Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that leaves Illinois for both of us. Um, and that would – Illinois, if they win that game, which would be game 11, that would put them in the, in the championship game against – Michigan State for both of us. The only team I'll ever pick over my own in the Big Ten is Tom Izzo Spartans, and I'm picking them to win the Big Ten tournament. Not a bad pick. I mean, you can't. I, I as an Illinois fan and a diehard one, you can't. I can't hate you for that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I said, there. In all honesty, there's no one else I would pick over my team, just because I think my team is better. You I know, agree. I you think just... they're good enough for me to pick them better than every other team in the Big Ten. I mean, we've shown we can beat Maryland. We led for 39 minutes and 40 seconds. When yep. They were number one. You know, even Sparty, you know, it was a tough pick. I really, for a second, I was strongly convinced that our line and I were going to pull it out. But 
I don't know. I just think there's another level of Cassius Winston that we just didn't see just because they played so bad on the road during that stretch when they came to Champaign. Uh, yeah. Even though they snuck away with one, I just I think the stage is never too big for Cassius, and he's I really think he's going to carry that team. I'm going the exact same way. I'm saying that the, the stage isn't too big for number eleven for the Illini. That is um, true. I'm I'm going with the with the Illini just because of the fact that I'm looking at the Michigan State game now. Yes, it was at home. Io doesn't get hurt. He doesn't slip there. We win that game. That's what I'm going. I'm basing it solely off of that. That is a that is a very good prediction. That's um, not easy for me to not pick my team, brother. I, I get you. I have one hundred percent under. I know the predicament you were in because when I told myself, I didn't tell you this. I was trying to get your gut reaction. I when I told myself we were going to do this today, I was torn between taking the team that you and I live and die with, and then Michigan State just because yeah. it's a smart pick. I mean, that's where I was at. Right. It's but, tough, man. It is. It's. I mean, as a as a sports realist, right? It is tough to not pick Tom Izzo. <laughs> and I'm glad God, that you know it's crazy. For the purpose of our show, I'm glad that you bring the are bringing the realness aspect here, um, to it. I'm not saying my pick's not real. Illinois oh, yeah. could very no, possibly I, win it, but it doesn't right. hurt to have that. For sure. All righty. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like we're Stephen A, and you know, it's yeah. not like we absolutely pick in Indiana, them. right? Exactly. And yeah, I agree. It's not we haven't done that yet. Sure, it'll happen here in about two weeks. <laughs> but and that's that's the thing. If people are looking for that out of you and I, they're more than likely not going to get it. Yep. Um. So that's just a word of warning there. Now, the only time they might see it, honestly, is when the Cubs are playing the Cardinals. So for maybe a week, you might see it. That is true. There's going to be some hostility there. But once again, it's not going to be anything like Stephen A. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's see. Um, one more thing before we get into the part that's going to take the longest. And we are saving the uh, MLB or the National League for last because obviously the National League, in my opinion, outside of the top three of the American League of each division, is by far the better league of the MLB. It's like the East and the West in the NBA. The right. West dominates every year. Um, but one thing I wanted to get under off of this, or uh, off my chest is this coronavirus thing has caused the Ivy League to cancel their Big Ten or their their conference tournament. And they're automatically sending Yale, who won the conference, to the national champ or to the to the to the dance. Yeah, I uh, I saw that. Um, it's very disappointing, you know. I understand Obviously, it before before teams. before yeah. you get into before we go any further. I understand why they're doing it, but I just hope that doesn't have any adverse effects to the national champion or the national tournament because, man, you take the fans out. And if the fans can't go, because they'll still have it because there's too much money to be made, but you take the fan aspect away from it, man, there goes the whole tournament. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I I was disappointed more so for the players and coaches, you know, the Ivy League that have worked all year and practiced and done everything. And, I mean, you know, one of your goals is to, A, win the regular season conference and then win a conference title when it comes to the tournament. and you know, for certain, 
kids to not be able to experience that. You feel bad for them. Like you said, I understand why they're doing it. I, I know that it's a precaution that needs to be taken. Um, I, you know, and I may be unpopular for this with some of the listeners, but I have multiple people in my family in the health field. I have some really, really good friends that are nurses, and I really, I just think this is getting blown out of proportion, this coronavirus. Like, I'm not saying it's not a bad deal. It is bad. I understand that. But there's been 15,000 people that have died from the flu since November, and we're not talking about them. Right. We're talking about, you know, 3,000 that have died, and the majority of those being people with, you know, a weak Com- immune Compromised system. immune systems. Right, you know, and I'm not saying that makes those deaths any more justified, you know. Our prayers and thoughts go out to those families that have lost their loved ones, regardless of what it is, you know, especially coronavirus and all that stuff. I just, you know, I just, I don't know. It just is a, is a darn shame that it costs people their senior campaign conference tournament and yeah it's just a bad deal not only that there's a potential of schools shutting down i mean it's a big deal i i'm not trying to cast a dark shadow over an epidemic right no uh, but you're right it plays directly into the sports world now because they're talking about doing some crazy crazy stuff because of this virus it's something that you and i in our lives i i don't know about you but you're only a year older than me so um there's nothing that there's nothing in my life that I've ever seen before like this. No, absolutely not. I mean, the only other thing I can think about that was bad that H1 I H1N1 and the one in one, right? Ebola. Ebola was another one that was crazy. Those are the two that come to mind right off the head, but I think the H1N1 had a worse impact because it, it came to the United States and affected the people here. Right, exactly, and as well as worldwide. Yeah, it's just a it's a bad situation. If you would have told me, you know, even five, ten years ago, even when I was little, if you'd have told me that there could have potentially be a year where I watched the NCAA tournament with there being no fans in the arenas, I'd have told you you're crazy. Do you remember the when the situation, the Baltimore uh, Baltimore riots a couple of years ago? We were still in high school, and the Orioles and the White Sox played with no fans in the stadium. Only credentialed media was allowed in. I remember that. I really That remember. was the weirdest, weirdest. It was like watching a high school game. Yeah, it's like there's nobody in there's nobody there. You hear that constant murmur all the time when you're watching it on TV or you go there. It's just that constant murmur of people talking, carrying on, enjoying themselves. And he didn't have that. It was dead silent. Oh, that was that was just eerie. Yeah, think about it. It's going to be like watching a, a closed practice. Exactly. This is what happens for the NCAA tournament. Camera think about groups. the effect that it could have on who wins and loses what games, you know? I mean, depending on you got a team in this region that travels well, but their fans can't come, so they can't feed off a of momentum that they might normally feed off of. The Big Ten hasn't said anything about it yet, but if, about this. Uh, but look at it this way. If the fans aren't allowed at the Big Ten tournament, that's going to directly impact the University of Illinois. There's a lot of fans in Chicago, a bunch of fans in Champaign that are going to go to that. And it's Indianapolis. It's an hour and a half from Champaign, where I'm at. It's an hour and a half and two hours for you. 
Absolutely. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a nerve-wracking thing. Anyway, um, also, last thing, um, they had also the virus is causing uh, locker rooms to be closed. Uh, the Major League Baseball is now um, said that no credential medias, uh, no, no media members or anybody outside of the organization itself can be in the locker room at any time. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, they just did that about an hour and a half ago. Huh. Probably while you were at work. That's crazy. I didn't see that. It must have been during baseball practice for me. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, I don't know. That's that's just the last thing I have to say about it, but I don't know what it's going to do. I just know it's going to be weird if that ha- if any of that, the MLB, that, we're, what the worst thing with that is we're not going to know what's going on in the locker room which I'd like to know what's going on in there, you know, because that's where you get your best content, especially directly after games. Absolutely. Uh, but when it comes to the tournament, it's just going to be weird watching it on TV with no fans. It is. It's going to be no, – I, I don't see how – yeah. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. I really can't. I'd like not to think about it, so that's why we're going to move on to the meat of what we're doing today. We're going to go it's ahead. Good. This is the American League – and we're going to go start in the east, then the west, and head last with the central, just because I'm an obligatory White Sox fan. I even got my White Sox shirt on today. So um, we're going we're gonna to end with the AL Central, if that's all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's start it off with the east. I've got my name first. I've got you second, because you okay. always end up going first for everything. I'm going to start off with the Orioles. Okay. I'm going to say the Orioles win 61 games this year. All right, you've got 61 games for the Orioles, you said? Yeah, I just they didn't do anything to help their situation from last year. I think they won 72 last year. Um, the Orioles are a mess. Yeah, they are. I agree. Um, I think from all the research I've done and things that I've seen, I had them right around 60 wins as well. I'm going to I'm going to go let's see. I'm going to say they win 59 games. Woof. 59 and 103 is what I got the Orioles at. I'm only going to count the so everything on this sheet. I mean, this is more for my brain to understand it. I'm only putting wins, I'm not putting losses. That's perfect. I'm yeah, I'm just trying I'm much more so my math. I I did my homework. You'd be proud of me. I got this all written down, so. <laughs> All right, let's no love for the Orioles from Jay and I. Uh, no. The Red the Red Sox let's talk about being in a mess. Chris Sale's out for I think the first six weeks of the season because he's going undergoing surgery. Which if that pectoral muscle or whatever that is, it's bugging him. I think it's a pectoral muscle. Why he didn't do that in the off season is crazy to me. But he's missing uh, some some time. They don't have David Price, who's in the back half of his career, still a quality pitcher. Uh, Mookie Betts is gone, so that's going to mean J.D. Martinez, Benny Biceps, and who am I missing? Uh, Ramirez are really going to have to step up and and hit the ball this year, and Bradley Jr. over what they did last year. I'm going to say they win 77 games this year. So you got the Red Sox fourth in the East. That is correct. All right. I'm going to change it up a little bit. 
I have the Toronto Blue Jays fourth in the American League East. Okay. With 78 wins. Hinjun Ryu helps a lot with that. It does help. It does help with that a lot. It's just, you know, Toronto's offensive struggles the last couple of years, I feel like, has really hindered them when it comes to acquiring pitching prospects. Obviously, we see Marcus Stroman ups and jump ship, and he's in New York now. Um, I just, I don't know. I haven't seen any big moves from them that has shown run production. So I'm going to have them at fourth. A very close fourth to Boston. I'm on the I'm on the same train as Hugh with the Red Sox, though. Don't get me wrong. Moving on, I've got the Jays finishing third with seventy or excuse me, uh, eighty two wins. Um, Hinjin Ryu, but all the all is going to obviously. I think he gives them ten wins guaranteed if he has the same year that he had last year. Um, but I also think that. Uh, I'm going off of offensive struggles. I, I just haven't seen anything in the offseason other than acquiring some pitching that that. Uh, and you're probably going to be surprised about where I'm going with the AL East. Um, that that makes me think they're going to win more than 85. So that's why I'm going with 82. That's a good pick. I am flip flopping from you. I'm taking the Boston Red Sox third in the American League East. And like I said, man, it's close. I got them winning 82 games. You said you had Toronto winning 82. I got Boston winning 82 games. What did I don't know if you? What are some reasons why? Obviously, the Red Sox are still the Red Sox. Are they better yeah. than the Jays and the Orioles? I, who knows? They're better than the Orioles. Um, I had them winning so few games because I think that that Mookie Betts thing is really going to really impact what they do come the trade deadline. Um, but what's your reasoning behind that, just so I can get an idea? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I got Boston at 82 wins. It really was kind of a toss-up between them and Toronto. Um, I just, you know, obviously Mookie is a huge loss, and Chris Sale not being available for the start of the year. I feel like there is some type of underlying factor that the Red Sox are going to have production-wise. I mean... Like we talked about, Martinez, um, they still got guys like Xander Bogarts, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I haven't seen any moves with guys like him. You know, Rafael Devers. Yep. They still have some offensive production. Obviously, their pitching is the main problem for me. That's why I have them picked. So, low with them not having Chris Hill for the first six weeks, I mean, you know, that's six weeks. That's probably, you know, depending on what, they decide to do with him rest-wise if he's healthy. I mean, that's probably seven starts for him, right? Minimum. Probably Minimum. more. So I just don't see the rest of that pitching staff picking up the slack, even though they've got some decent arms. I'm more, I'm more picking them low based on their lack of pitching at the beginning of the year. I just think it's something that could possibly put them in a hole that they're just not going to be able to recover from to win a division, you know? You're jump. I'm jumping ahead, but you've got the Red Sox in the same situation I got the Cubs. They're going to have to score 600 runs a game in order to win because they're going to give up 599. <laughs> so I, I, I get what you're coming from 100. percent I just I don't know. I something is telling me down deep that that Mookie Betts trade is just I you, you can't trade your best player. 
No, and there's a lot of stuff that I've read and done research on that has the Red Sox fourth in the American League East. I'm, you know, like I said, I had Toronto at, uh, what did I, I had them at 78, right? Yep, 78, 78 wins. wins. Yeah, and Boston at 81. I mean, I still think it's a flip of a coin. <laughs> I really do. Who knows? Maybe the Red Sox completely tank and the O's get fourth in the division. You know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think okay. it's uh, safe to say this Jay and Kale show is coming, becoming a, an Orioles podcast. It honestly is. Those poor guys. I mean, they've been absolute dirt for like the past four years. I mean, <laughs> well, how about ever since Cal Ripken left? Oh, that is a <laughs> tough team to cheer for. I feel bad for Orioles. You got you talk about you and I being diehard baseball fans. Up until up until 2015, it was hard for me to watch baseball, but I did because I loved it because my team was bad. You really have to be a baseball fan if you're an Oriole fan. Oh my god! You goodness. really do. I mean, you're right. Other than when they had guys like Ripken and I mean. Rafael Palmero towards the end of his yep. career, you know, nothing crazy from him. I mean, he was a good player then too, but there just hasn't been anything to cheer for in Baltimore for 20 years. It feels like 15. Crazy. That's, that, that, that's going to do it for the Orioles talk for today. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get off that train. We'll be talking about them all night. Those poor guys. Um, moving over to, to, or to, for me, I guess I'm not moving yet. Still got two teams left. I'm taking the New York Yanks. Um, I'm going to say they win 90 games this year. I got them finishing second. That's crazy. I do too. Um, I bet everybody's going to be like, wow, I didn't have you guys picking the Rays to win the East. I, this is a Rays year, dude. It is. I feel the same way, man. They were a force last year. I feel like they were missing just a couple parts. And I think they got them. And I do. I think they do, too. Uh, the Yankees, they're too injury prone. I know. We got Stanton's out, and we got Judge, Judge. for, you know, questionable for opening day. Gary, I mean, Gary Sanchez is questionable for opening day. DJ LeMay, he was questionable for opening day. Brent Gardner, he'll probably go down and miss four weeks. Yeah, every year. I agree. You're well, taking the Yankees second in the East. I'm taking the Yankees second as well. I got them winning 91 games. I'm glad I'm not too far off. I'm no, I had them right about 90, 91 ish. Yeah. Well, if they cross that that 90 threshold, I'll be pretty impressed. Be, and unless they stay healthy, they stay healthy. They're the best team in Major League Baseball, as far as I'm right. concerned. Because it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like if they're healthy, you pick them to win over a hundred games, probably. But you just can't do that because you know you just don't know what you're going to get with them. Uh, Judge and Stanton. In order for the offense to keep, although DJ Lemayhew last year, where did he? He was batting three twenty four up until the break. I know he is hitting the cover off of it, and then you have guys that are just steady. Like Sanchez is a guy who can hit the ball out of the park. He drives and runs. Luke Voigt. Voigt Gregorius. I mean, they just got a lot of pieces. Torres, I mean, Glaber. Yeah, that hurts, by the way. That's a, that's an open wound still. Former Cub. Yeah. Him and Eloy Jimenez both. I got a bunch of stuff on the White Sox. <laughs> but watching Glaber Torres just absolutely murder it, great for him. Absolutely ecstatic that he got his shot. I think the Cubs with a Glaber Torres. Now I'm not trying to discredit Nico Horner, 
because I want to see what he's got in a full season. Um, but with the Cubs and Glaber Torres and Javi Baez, I think that would be the best middle infield in the, in the MLB. Now, Tatis Jr., who we were talking about last night, was given – you'll give him a run for money by himself, by himself, but that middle infield of Baez-Torres would be unstoppable. Yeah, because, I mean, those are two guys that walked right in and basically played right away. I think Javi was down for three years um, total, and I right. think – Torres was down for four, but that was because they had Addison Russell up and they had nowhere to put him. Right. And Addison Russell, I'm not talking about that that guy at all whatsoever. Uh, I'm glad he's gone. But, you know. Yeah, that ain't no kidding. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are glad he's gone. I just feel bad for female Cubs fans. I ain't kidding. I ain't no joke. I had a lot of family members that are female that are Cubs fans that really, really liked Addison Russell, and then that happened, and. Oh, made me sick. I don't want that on my roster. I don't care if you're trying to avoid arbitration or whatever. I don't want it on my roster. Yep, get out of here. Ain't no room for that. All right, Tampa Bay. Jay and I both got them winning the AL East. That's their year. You ready for this? I am. I was going to ask you the same thing. 101. That's exactly what I had him at. That's crazy. You picked 101. I had him between, I was torn between 101 and 103. But I feel like, I don't know, 103 is a, a, a big That's, number for yeah. them to get to after the season they had last year. I'm, I'm picking them right at 100, 100, 101. So, what's the official? I'll go 100 since you're going 101. We can't have the same. 162, we can't have the same wins. I agree with that. Right on the hundred nose for me in Tampa Bay. I got to move down the sheet. I got this on three different sheets on my laptop. Hang on. It's all good. Moving over to the West. Uh, but anyway, on to the Devil Rays uh, before we get too far ahead. I The last three years, they've been second or third in that division. They missed that winning that division by about a half a game. Mm-hmm. And they're just a one pitcher and one batter short. I, can I can I name one person on that roster? Probably not. If I looked at it, yeah. Um, but I, I, I you can. The Cardinals just gave him somebody that you oh, can't forget about. Martinez is that where he went? Absolutely, man. That well, hit. He's killed your Cubs the last two late seasons for. I'm just glad he's out of the division. That ain't no kidding. That dude can rake. I was I was disappointed to see him go. He can't do much defensively. He looks like a fish out of water playing defense, but he can hit. He's got the same problem Nick Castellanos does. Yeah. Castellanos, watching him in the outfield, yikes. But, man, (laughs) he's got to be the best situational hitter in the MLB. I agree. I was surprised you guys let him go, honestly. I guess that's that's another talk, probably. Yep, not talking about it. We're going to be here all night. We go into stuff like that. The Cubs just don't know what they're doing. Let me rephrase that. Uh, Tom Ricketts (laughs) doesn't know what he's doing. He's got the best general manager in the MLB. He's just a money-hungry fool, man. He's getting rid of all these, his regular fans. He's going to his own TV network. He's just all about the dollar. I, that, by the way, that whole TV thing, so everybody knows on this platform, I use streaming services. <laughs> I don't have the marquee network yet. It launched on the 22nd for most people. So I called said company the other day. <laughs> Literally called them. And... I asked, I said, 
you know, I've been a lifelong Cub fan. I said, I'm trying to watch the Cubs. Can't watch them anywhere. I'm going to have to listen to them on the radio. I said, when will this launch? It's not launched until opening day. Say it for the people in the back. My ranting skills are rubbing off on my co-host. I love it. It's amazing. It's just amazing how much the organization or how much the Cubs have changed. And some people say it's ever since they put lights in at Wrigley Field. (laughs) That's true. I've heard the same thing. A lot of the old timers, man, they're like, ever since you guys quit playing all day games. And even then, the Cubs can only play 41 night games a year because – Right. I mean, they're still in a neighborhood. Um, moving over to the AL West before my blood pressure gets any higher. <laughs> Let's go with the asterisks. Uh, they're still good. I they mean, are. I know, but, man. That's that's crazy. That's like an unpopular opinion with all the negative media attention around them. They're still they're still a good team. They really are. Um. I'm going to say that they win 98 and uh, and win the division. I'm going backwards. I'm going top to bottom. That's fine. We can do that. You got the Astros winning it still? So. Yeah. They get a guy on base every inning because they get beamed. <laughs> so we got the inning. <laughs> there's a little, uh, there's a little uh, flyby input. I can't wait to post this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, the good thing is, is everybody says that we look and sound so much alike that you probably, you know, nobody will be able to know the difference unless you tell them. I guess, I guess we already did. So. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I love it. Yeah, I got the Asterix winning ninety-eight games. I got them at ninety-five wins, uh, ninety-five and sixty-seven. I know you're only doing wins. Ninety-five wins right on the nose. Um, they still got some good pitching. I mean, Justin Verlander, anchor that staff. I don't care what anybody says. You got a guy that age throwing that well, and the way he knows the game and just knows how to pitch with the repertoire that he has, I feel like he's going to bring some guys along that we may not have heard a ton about when it comes to that pitching staff. And, uh, you know, not to get too into it, but, uh, you know, he's also a pretty lucky guy off the field as well. So, you know, he's got confidence going for him. Yes. And like you said, this is still a good baseball team. You know, understand they cheated. Wrong. Do not agree with it at all. In fact, I feel very strongly that something should have happened to the players that uh, wasn't, you know, kind of uh, handled there by Major League Baseball. You know, everybody played a bunch of fines, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, 95-game win team, top of the AOS, Houston Astros for me. I agree 100%. And then speaking of the the, the players getting beaned 24-7, Carlos Correa is going to be the first one to get hit at every at-bat, no matter what stadium he goes to, even his own. I know. And the, and the crazy thing is, is, I mean, all you should be thinking about in a situation like that is keeping your mouth shut. Yes. And you open it against – or and I shouldn't say not against, you open it to not just any like media person, you open it to Bellinger who is on the team that you cheated against. Like, how can you not expect that man to have hard feelings for you guys after what you did? I mean, you cost him a potential World Series. Like, I just, I don't know. I just feel like Correa's got what he has coming to him. I mean, you know, he's going to get what he's got coming to him. Jay, you caught, right? You caught most of your career. Caught a little bit. I was more an infielder, but I did catch some, yeah. So, as a catcher, 
perfect example. You got a runner standing on second. You got to switch your signs up. That's part of the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Somebody picks up on you laying down a sign to a pitcher. Hey, your first sign indicator, they know it's a fastball that's coming in this particular count. And this guy on second, the base runner on second, relays that information. That's okay. We've talked about this before. Right. So that's on you as a catcher to make sure that, you know, that your signs, you can't be picked up on. Now, when you bring a big board into it, it don't matter what you do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you got multiple sets of eyes that can be on that thing and picking apart, you know, I mean, if you have a video board and multiple people watching the video board, how can you not figure out what sign means what? Yeah. One at bat, you know what I mean? If you can't figure it out, go watch soccer. Right. Like you, you shouldn't be in charge of stealing signs for a major league baseball team if you can't do it with the video board. That that would be what do you do for the Houston Astros? Oh, head of sign stealing. What? Yeah, I mean they pay me big bucks. All right. So before we get because uh, we're getting deep into this, I like it. This is the first real baseball discussion we've had of the year. Um, let's get into uh, the the second place team for me. I'm going with the A's at 96. That's a big pick. I picked the A's going second as well. I had them in 93 wins. I think the Astros and the A's is going to be a really fun race to watch throughout the year. That was kind of one of my uh, uh, kind of radar type divisions that, you know, kind of gets forgotten about. I feel like the AOS kind of gets forgotten about a little bit, you know, other than the Astros who have been extremely like red hot on fire, possibly because of some of their stealing signs stuff and, you know, because they kind of, won the heart of Houston after the, you know, hurricane yep. coming back and doing all that. I just feel like the A's and the Angels and Rain all you know, the rest of the division just kind of gets forgotten about. So I'm eager to see the top of that division and who comes out on top. But I got the A's at ninety what did I say? Ninety three. Ninety three wins. Yep. That's what I have them at. I really like Matt Chapman. I think he beside if Nolan Arenado wasn't in the MLB, this would be a case for a lot of guys. Um, he would be by far the best third baseman in the league. He has got a cannon of an arm, and I'm putting Manny Machado in that list. Absolutely. I like the guy who kind of just popped up out of nowhere, you know, another guy who kind of just has a breakout year, and I think he's another uh, the kind of guy who's going to be able to anchor down a big league lineup like the guys you talk about, Machado and Arenado. I think we're going to see a lot more of that guy before it's all said and done. And then you move over to shortstop, the left side of the infield over there, uh, Marcus Simeon, mm-hmm. stud, and he's young. Former White Sox. Yep. Guy. And uh, the White Sox are okay. I mean, they're they're all right. Oh, we'll yeah, get in, they're going to be fine. We'll get into that here in a moment. Uh, my third place team in the AL West. It's going to take him a year, but he's got the tools. And Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and – Tommy LaStella is getting his chance now. Glad love to see they just got Rendon. Yeah, the only that's thing a they big pickup for them. The only thing they don't have is pitching. True. Um, that's why they're only going to win eighty games. But I got them third. I have the same as well. I have them at eighty-three wins, though third place at eighty-three wins. I had the literally I had the same thing written down for the Angels. Uh, lack of pitching. You know, Otani can't do it all by himself from the hill. He has yet to pitch. 
and it's the same kind of thing we talk about with some of the other teams, you know. <laughs> they're going to have to score 600 runs because they're going to give up. 599. Just like you said, that's put perfectly for the for the Angels as well. So Now, if you can tell me what's going to happen with these last two, I'll personally make sure that you get 100 bucks. Um, because I have no idea. I've got the Mariners over the Rangers because the Rangers have officially flipped the switch. I've got the Rangers winning 71, or the Mariners, excuse me, winning 71. I I think that's a good, like you said, I mean, it's tough to tell who's going to win what when it comes to the bottom of this division. Obviously, the Rangers have struggled. They can't really find anybody to anchor anything down pitching wise i mean it looked like they were going to have some tools for a couple years with you know ruffin odor and joey gallo who hits the ball you know it seems like he either hits the ball into another orbit or doesn't hit it at all (laughs) yep so you know a lot of inconsistency in texas um i'm taking seattle fourth as well I'm going to take Seattle winning 73 games at fourth place in the AL West. I just think they have a few more few more pieces. Obviously, losing King Felix is going to be big. Yep. I think they're going to have enough to make it to fourth in that division, though. You know, they got... They got a Seager out there playing who's a pretty good player. Uh, I think he could kind of mold into somebody who... It comes even better. Justin Smoke's a guy everyone kind of forgets about. He's been out there in Seattle for a couple of years. I think they're going to have enough pieces to not be last. <laughs> if, that, it, if that's it, any type of consolation prize for them. This is their year to do it because the Rangers have officially flipped that rebuild switch, like I said. Oh, God. And uh, the, I'm glad you brought up King Felix because Felix Hernandez and Adrian Beltre, who have been friends forever, but if you watch on YouTube any of their plate battles, oh, man, that will just bring a smile to your face. Those are two guys that love the game. Yeah, and two Hall of Famers at that, you know? Yes. Uh, I know Beltre will be. He's got 3,000 hits. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't put King Felix in, but. I like King Felix. I like his personality, and I I don't know. He's just – he brought the personality, the same personality that Trevor Bauer brings, but on a different level. He was more quiet about it, but he was very animated on the field. The other quick thing I have on King Felix is, is that man stayed true to the squad that gave him a chance. He never yes. strayed from the path in Seattle. Even when they weren't good, that dude still ran out there and carved whenever his name was called upon. You know, he didn't jump ship. I have special respect for guys like that. Joey Votto is another good example. And uh, as much as I love my Cardinals and want them to win, you know, I can't say that I wouldn't be happy for a guy like Joey Votto to potentially have a pretty fun year with some of the tools that they've picked up in the offseason. That team's going to scare me in the NL Central if they get hot. Uh, once again, when it comes to the National League, I yeah. think on Thursday you're yeah. going to be surprised about what I've got. Yeah. Uh, the Rangers, though, uh, I've got them winning 61 games this year. Same with the Orioles. 61-game winner with the Rangers. We pretty much talked about why that'll be a low win total for them. Yeah, I'm going to go 63 wins. I thought about giving them an even 65, but I just can't do it. I, I just think they're going to be – just yeah 
too just so bad so bad now the division in the besides the east because obviously that that race is as tight as the nl central but the division that's also very tight every year and it's mainly due to poor play except for a few years of cleveland the last couple uh but the al central i think we're going to have a new king on the throne this year uh, oh really i'm eager I'll, I'll go bottom to top just to, so that way we switch it up. Uh, right. Bottom, Kansas City is the bottom. I think they win fifty-eight games. Oh man, you're gonna <laughs> what? You, you, you just wait till you hear my win total. I got the Tigers at the bottom. Whit Merrifield is not enough to win the Royals sixty games. You're right. I, I didn't say it wasn't going to be close at the bottom. I just I just think Detroit's going to be worse. Oh, let's hear it. I got Detroit winning 54 games this year. And that might be on the high side. I know. That's what scares me for them. Oh, good Lord. How bad are they in Detroit? Ugh. Nick Castellanos was the best thing about that team. Honestly. God. And I know I could see why he wanted out. Oh, man. man. I know. Is can it is that crazy? Like, is that mean of us to pick two teams? Like my my fourth place team doesn't have sixty wins either, because I'm taking Kansas City with less than sixty wins in fourth place. What I don't understand is how Kansas City wins a World Series then the next year. Like the Cubs went to at least the playoffs the next year when right. they won in eight or seventeen. What I don't understand is how they go from winning the World Series to the last place in the AL Central. I don't understand. I mean, you talk about flipping a switch. They were god-awful. I agree. I, it, was, it was confusing. Because when did they win? 15. They beat the Mets in 15, right? Right. Because that was the year that Daniel Murphy decided to come to Chicago in the championship series and just hit 600 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, that's how he got his nickname. And then the Cubs moved. Oh, yeah, man, then he joined us for about six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then, then now I think he's with Washington, right? He is. Um, my fourth place team um, is Detroit. I got them winning a flat 60. Yep. My fourth place flip flop. I got old KC. I got them winning fifty nine. This but this bottom of this. No, I'm not being mean. I'm being honest. The bottom of this division is bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. Like you talk, you you referenced it a couple minutes ago. Now, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, part of me had a really gut feeling that fifty four wins for Detroit was nice. Like I was being nice. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you are. You are. But anyway, you're right. It's great. Third third place is going to the Cleveland Indians. I about said the Cavaliers. I'm looking at my sheet. Third place is going, <laughs> to, going to the Cleveland Indians with 64. I think Francisco Lindor can, can at least get them 64 wins. They got some pitching still, uh, even though they lost Trevor Bauer after he hucked it from the mound over the fence at dead center and got traded to the Reds. And Yasiel Puig is still in Cleveland, so uh, at least not that I've seen he's left. Um, I think Cleveland is still there. They just they're they're at the point, Jay, where they don't know if they're going to rebuild or go with what they got, put the chips back in the table, all in, or rebuild. Right. 
I would agree with that. Um, as far as the rebuilding thing, I'm going to flip things around. I think I'm going to catch uh, a little bit of heat from some of our regular listeners. Oh, no, uh, don't do it. Don't say it. I'm putting the socks in no! place. I'm giving them two years, and I think they're going to be a possible World Series contender. Now you got to hear me out. I'm putting the Sox in third place, but I still got them winning 80 games. I got the second and third place team in this division pretty tight. I got Chicago winning 80 even games this year. I got them going to straight 500, pretty much. 80 wins right on the line. And it was really hard for me because I really wanted to put them higher just because I got a lot of friends that are Sox fans, but like I said, I'm trying to keep it as real as possible. So I got the White Sox in third in the AL Central with 80 wins on the nose. As an arbitrary Chicago sports fan, 100% Chicago minus Indiana Pacers, we were just talking about disagreements. This might be the first time we have a disagreement. (laughs) I figured I was going to raise some eyebrows with that one because I know a lot of people were expecting the Sox to be up towards the top. And I'm not saying they're not going to be up there. I still got them winning 80. I got them next. They're they're finishing second in the Central. I don't have them over the Twins, but I, the, I I'm flustered now. Um, the <laughs> I think that pitching rotation is enough to win the Chicago White Sox ninety four. That's what I'm going with ninety four. Dang, I I mean I hope you are right. I really do. I hope I hope I am absolutely ridiculed for my prediction with the White Sox. And here's the thing. Dallas Keuchel has not had a history with injuries. He's – I don't even know if he's going to be their ace, but he could be. Lucas Giolito has figured out how to throw his slider, and that is by far one of the nastiest sliders besides Max Scherzer now. You had Gio Gonzalez, who's a great back end of the rotation guy. You had him for one year to help you get you over the hump. Michael Kopech just threw for four straight innings. He threw over 100. And then you add Rendon, Rodon, excuse me, Rodon. You get him back midseason, and that guy's going to throw lights out. And you still have Reynaldo Lopez if you keep them all. That's true. Like I said, it was hard for me to do it, but I just think that there's a few pieces on that team offensively. Where at? That's that's what I was getting into next. Where's your holes in the offense? Be like. I still think that there needs to be a couple years for some of their young guys to mature. Like, even though Eloy hits the ball out of the park, I don't think he's going to be a crazy, crazy good hitter average-wise. I mean, fair. he's a threat to hit home runs, but I still think he's going to be like a 240, 250 hitter for another year. I still think he's going to drive in around 80, 80, 90 runs. I really do believe that. Yes, but I don't think he's going to hit extremely well. And then the other guy that kind of is very streaky to me, even though he is going to be a very, very good player, is Yon Moncada. He's my MVP of the American League. And I, you know, and that's kind of like, that's crazy for me. But just after watching him play, and then my one of my main White Sox sources, an Andrew Zinner, big White Sox fan, you know, he's kind of said the same thing. He's like, I don't. I don't disagree that he thinks Moncada will probably be one of the best players in the league before it's all said and done. I just think he needs another year to really hone in and kind of become that force and really take over that role of being the man in Chicago, if that makes sense. 
here's here's where I disagree on that. And I watch quite a few White Sox games. From what I see, this is why he did this. Jose Abreu signed that uh, that uh, God, the qualifying offer. He yeah. he accepted the qualifying offer to keep being the leader of that team. I think Jose Abreu, like him or hate him, his his plate appearances are lackluster. They have been the last few years. You, that that's a guy that should be hitting at least two ninety every year with with forty home runs. Um, I think he is the voice of that team. I think he is the unspoken leader. That's why I think Mancada can slip back a little bit. Now, this is where I think he's going to shine because he is going to just be able to sit here and do what he does best, and that's hit the ball and play third base. Tim Anderson, shortstop. You don't think of power hitters? Tim Anderson's got insane power. Eloy Jimenez hits the cover off of the ball. Luis Robert makes me nervous in his first year. But... Man, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Yoyan Mancada. Then they signed Edwin Encarnacion. You get Yasmani Grandal. James McCann hit three, almost 330, I think it was, until after the break. He struggled a little bit. Whew. That, that's where that 94 wins is coming from. I know, I know you're not trying. I, I, you're, I know what you were doing here. I'm doing this yeah, a little bit no, for content. Just, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just kind of one of those things. It was a gut feeling for me and like I said I don't doubt in two years this team could possibly win a world series if they keep all these pieces I'm glad that that happened because that's the first real disagreement we've had yeah no that was I figured in all honesty I thought the White Sox was going to be a topic of disagreement for us tonight I really thought (laughs) most of it was going to be the same up until this point save the uh, and I have the Indians at second place uh, winning 83 games. Wow. I know. That's the other thing. I just don't think uh, I don't think Cleveland's quite ready to go away yet. They still got a pretty good manager in Cleveland who knows how to win. And I think he's going to get together with that front office, and they're going to figure out what they need to figure out as far as maybe an arm, somebody they can go get, kind of at least anchor that staff enough for Lindor to kind of get everybody to rally around him and all the position guys. I still think Cleveland wins 83 games and takes second in the AL Central. I'm glad that we are our first. We're thinking the like here on, on the divisional winner. Um, Minnesota, I got them winning 103. Yep, I had them very high as well. I got them at 99 wins. I think Minnesota, now they cooled off on the home runs late last year. That lat lineup they've got, they added more pieces, and then you go out and get Homer Bailey, who's who's de- decline. He's in the back end. I won't say declining. He's in the back end of his career, but he can still bring a lot. They still have young pitching, and they have a bunch of power hitters, and they just hit home runs. I mean, that's all they do. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's a team that I think could, if they get hot at the right time, same kind of thing. Like that's another team that you can't tell me doesn't have some money to spend on some type of pitching at some point, you know, right. to at least win them, you know, not, obviously the division like we picked. And then from there, if they win the divisional series, I mean, I can't see a situation where they don't maybe get hot and, you know, play for a world series with the way, like you said, man, they can just hit. It's crazy how, scary that offense is of theirs so let's go through it real quick we'll end the show with this um 
our divisional winners through the East, we both have the Rays. I have 101. Jay's got 100. The West, we both have the Asterisks, 98-95. I have 98. Jay's got 95. And in the AL Central, we both have the Twins. Uh, I have 103. Jay's got 99. Now, here's, here's the fun part. Before the season kicks off, we got two wild card spots, right? We do have two wild card spots. Um, this is the part that I was uh, thought would be the most fun, besides picking the winners, but in the AL, who are your two wild card spots for the American League? My two wild card spots. Uh, it's crazy that you ask me this. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to go with my gut. I'm a big instincts guy here. I like it. All right. We had our second place team in the central, you know, eh, not very good win wise. Our second place team in the east, kind of ish, you know, on some injuries, obviously, we talked about. I'm going to have the Yankees being one of my wild card teams. Okay. And my other wild card team is going to be the Oakland A's. Like it. I like that a lot. Uh, once again, we've talked about all these teams at nauseum. Um, my two, number one, CWS, Chicago White Sox. Good pick. I got, I got them going the wild card this year, and then next year, obviously, you said two. I said next year they go to the go to the fall classic. Uh, my second wild card spot is also going to the A's. I think this is the year that they really make some noise. They've been close the last couple. Um, or not the A's. What am I doing? Uh, the Yankees. I got the Yankees in the second wild card spot. Um, just for the sheer fact that I think if they stay healthy, once again, same thing as we said earlier, that they're tough to beat. Yeah. All right. So, divisional winners. Once again, Jay and I are the same. Rays, Astros, Twins, wild card. We differ. I got the Sox. Jay's got the A's. And I've got the Yanks, and we both have the Yanks. Pretty similar. See, I mean, we're on the same page for the most part. One big disagreement. I'm glad we finally got it out of the way. Yeah, I think we'll be good till Thursday when we break down the NL Central. Sounds like a plan. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be an interesting one for sure. I got more homework to do. So I did too. I only did the American League because I didn't even want to begin to think of what I'm gonna do with the Central or the National League. Right, me either. Uh, so once again, long episode. Appreciate everybody sticking around. This is a fun episode. These are probably my favorites. Um, we'll record Thursday. We'll do a line eye preview like we did today. We did the Big Ten. We had a lot to do today. Um, we will kind of break down the games that have been played. We'll have a bunch of games played uh, on Thursday. We'll kind of talk about them quick, see how the brackets are doing uh, thus far, even though I'm sure mine's going to be 100% busted. I have no confidence in it because the Big Ten is awful to pick. I know it's crazy. I, I had really, honestly, I'm like flipping coins when I'm picking Big Ten tourney stuff. Jay, baseball's officially back. This is going to be the bread and butter of the Jay and Kale show. Is the MLB season, and I, I just can't wait. I'm ready. Me too, man. It was a fun episode. I can't wait to have a lot more uh, baseball-oriented episodes for sure. So we got a bunch of them coming up. Well, we can guarantee everybody that. Jay, I'll talk to you Thursday afternoon. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me as always.